Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking Shot, the photography podcast. I am Ross Grieve. And I'm Jim Cossey. I'm Esther Ling. Nice little yawn there, Esther. And we are joined again by uh, the lovely Ian Cook. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for coming back, buddy. We just just had uh, lunch and some lovely pancakes. You did, courtesy of your son. Thank you, Morgan Grieve. You've got him trained well. He's very, very good. Yes, that was great. Um, So, previous episode, uh, if you look back, we were chatting to Ian Cook about how to get into sports photography, how to... um, I thought you said chained to Ian Cook. Well, you wish. You wish you were trained, <laughs> chained to Ian Cook. I think we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're talking about how he got into sports photography, um, shooting premiership football, rugby, and all that sort of stuff. But Ian, you've also photographed the Olympics. Yes. Uh, the Commonwealth Games. Uh, we touched on the Champions League. But uh, was this year, no, what's come last year? Yeah, last year. Last year, you went out to Sydney as, well, Australia. Australia, yeah. Australia, um, as the official photographer for Team Wales, Wales. for the yes. Commonwealth Games. Yeah, that was uh, one of the biggest highlights of my career, I have to be honest. Um, I was one of Team Wales photographers in the 2014 Glasgow Commonwealth Games um, with Steve Pope. And uh, we basically took another photographer, Chris Vaughan, up with us up to Glasgow and basically covered it between the three of us. Being a home games, there's a lot more, uh, the home nations take off more, more athletes. Um, so there's a lot more to cover, whereas in the Gold Coast, the team was reduced a bit because obviously it's the cost of it and so forth. So it was kind of um, only one photographer went out. And luckily, Steve asked me if I'd like to go out to Australia, even on big, big wuss and scared of spiders and all <laughs> things creepy crawly. And um, yeah, and uh, so basically bit his hand off and went out there. And yeah, it was a challenge. It was a daunting challenge because... Mm. Yeah, amazing. You know, but um, lovely, lovely country, and people of Australia are so welcoming, and um, it's just a stunning place. And you didn't get a chance to go to the uh, Eastern Island, did you? I didn't get a chance to do anything really. Because literally, um, I no. Work, work, work. That little island on the on the right hand side. It's the mainland. It is. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I will mention them. But actually, I did stay in the hotel that was basically the, the base for the supporters for the ferns. Excellent. So um, there was New Zealanders everywhere. Yeah. So it was quite funny when I was walking through in Welsh kit. But you, so. I remember you, you messaged me when you landed out there and you literally hit the ground running. Uh, you got there and then you had to, I think it was going to a whole team photo straight away. With Li- yeah, literally I, I left oh. Newport at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon because uh, my flight out uh, was 9, 9 p.m. Landed at 8 o'clock Tuesday morning in Brisbane and then got shipped to... Gold Coast, where I basically made my way to the MPC, that's the main press centre, to get my accreditation sorted, because you get like a pre-accreditation, which you have to have verified and stuff like that. And um, and then basically once I sorted all that out, I had a phone call um, from the media team from Team Wales, and they basically said, oh, where are you? And I thought it was going to be a meet and greet. And so uh, they came and met me in the, the MPC, and they said, oh, have you got your cameras with you? And I'm like... Yeah, I've pretty much got everything with me because I haven't really been to my hotel yet. You know, I haven't booked it, I haven't checked in, I've done nothing, I've literally just arrived. I said, oh great, come on in. So they jumped in the car because they had different passes to what I had. And so they could basically get a pool car and off they'd go. So we went to the Athletes Village and um, took ages to get through that because obviously it's on lockdown. Got through and then he said, right, okay, we're going to need to do the team photograph. I'm like, ah. Because there was, the team photograph was meant to be done at the Millennium Stadium 
well, the Principality Stadium now, sorry, um, on the 1st of March on St. David's Day. But the problem was, we had, a, if you remember, we had a UK was <laughs> blanket of snow. Mm-hmm. And because of all athletes were all over the country in their training camps, but they had to postpone it. So they had no official team photograph for the Commonwealth Games for Team Wales. So I had to basically do it in the middle of the athlete's village, which was quite difficult task because I had no studio lights for me. All mm. I had was a flash gun. And because it was a student accommodation, it was basically um, harsh shadow on one side. And so like trying to get 200 plus athletes oh, lined up to, to get these, the shot. Eventually we managed to get, find a, a, an area where the sunlight hit the all the athletes and mm. we managed to get it off like to stand on a, on a, a step ladder, which was quite daunting because they didn't... You forgot your the, wedges then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember somebody from behind me, one of the, the support team was doing a photograph, like a, just a phone phone um, photo to put on social media and all they see in the photograph is my backside. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's really good. All the team in front of me and there's my backside in front. I'm like, oh... You know, and people needed counselling after that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Amazing. Yes, but I didn't get back to my accommodation until half past ten in the evening after having a 36-hour flight or no whatever way. it was. So I was literally oh. in the same clothes I left Newport in. I was in desperate need of a shower and literally I got into my accommodation and uh, it was quite funny. It was a funny story because I knew I was staying with Welsh Triathlon. I didn't know who out of Welsh Triathlon I was with, but basically I just knew. So... I went in, went into one of the rooms. There was a suitcase on the on the bed. I thought, right, okay, that room's taken. Went into another room, suitcase on that bed. Okay, that's taken. There was a double bed in the in the lounge area. So I thought, right, there's my bed, you know. And it probably works out well because literally, uh, I'll explain in a minute what it's like to shoot uh, a major major event like the Olympics or Commonwealth Games because it's it, the long hours. So I'll explain a bit more about that after. So I, I was desperately needed a shower. So I literally went into the shower and literally. Luckily, I had a towel around my waist. I literally came out thinking, oh, I need to get my flip-flops with my, my suitcase. And I walk out, and you know when you have that sixth sense, somebody's watching you. Yeah. And I stop in my tracks, and I look to the left, and there's these two ladies, and I'm like, towel, oh, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and look, basically, uh, it was Bev and uh, a lady called Amy um, from Welsh Triathlon, and they were looking at me and going, who are you? And I'm like, hi, I'm Ian. I'm the Welsh photographer. What are you doing here? Stay in here. So they had no clue that I was actually going oh, in no. and sharing a room. So they went off and basically sorted it and then realised, uh, yeah, I'm down to stay. So it worked out really well. You because weren't just a stalker. But, but that's, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, a lot better than your, when you were in Glasgow doing the Commonwealth Games. It's quite a contrast to your accommodation there. Yeah, because Welsh Triathlon paid for, for accommodation for me. So Sorry, uh, Welsh um, Team Wales paid for it. So basically for the first week I was with Welsh Triathlon, yeah, just basically, and then the second week, then they actually put me into a really plush hotel, which is where the th- New Zealand had their base, and the Q two hotel, I think it was called. And I was on the twentieth floor, so literally, I opened up the thing, and when wow. I looked out and just seen the Gold Coast in front of me, it was wow. a stunning view. You know, it was just amazing. Plus, it had a bar, which was really helpful. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> always yeah. helps. That's why they moved and they drank the other hotel dry. <laughs> yeah, but it was def- def- definite contrast to Glasgow because um, Glasgow, I was camping. I basically camped for 13 days. No way. Yeah. yeah. I did it for the Olympics. exactly the same for, for the Olympics. There's a company called um, Camp Ninja, and they basically arrange campsites for major events. Okay. So it's for the usual for the volunteers and the game makers mm. and stuff like that. So it's a cheap way of staying, you know, like because sometimes you, at the end of the day, it is a business. Yeah. And you've got to make money. And so where would you keep your camera gear then if you're camping? Basically, at the MPC, when you register, they give you a locker key. Oh. 
Yeah. So you get lockers. Ah. So all my stuff, the only thing I took back with me was batteries. Oh, right. that's good. So you're not carrying it back and forth each time. No, so I had my laptop and then all my camera kit. Everything was in the locker, locked up in the MPC. Nobody could get in there. Right. There was some thefts and stuff like that, but that happened in London. The way they had them in London is there was a lot of dark areas of the the way they had the locker arrangement. You could go in and people couldn't see you. Where now they had a more open plan, so everyone could see every aisle of the locker room. So if you were trying to break in, they would come around and say, "What, hey, what are you doing?" Yeah. Yeah. So I just left all my stuff there, you know, and then it just meant I didn't have so much carrying around because. Carrying around the Gold Coast, is. Yeah. So yeah. You, you must have refined the way you you shoot at these events because you obviously got to you've got to get around different events. Yep. You've got to understand different sports, which like we talked about previously, which isn't easy. You've no. got to if you understand the sports, it's easier. Didn't you enjoy the um, volleyball? I did. <laughs> the, there's a you can't see him, but there's a big grin appeared on his face. There was wonder why. There's a time, um, basically, I wanted to do the, uh, the volleyball, you know, interesting <laughs> sport to photograph. Men, okay. or, men or ladies, Cookie? Um, the ladies. Oh. Um, no. Yeah? And, was uh, he in by any chance? And basically, <laughs> oh. it was the same day that Andy Murray won gold at against Federer, and I was there to cover that, so I was actually witnessed Andy Murray wow. uh, win gold. Mm. And then I literally raced it from there and to, to Russell Square and basically met a photographer who was basically been a massive, like, he's sadly passed away now, but he was, like, one of the biggest mentors for me because he used to basically just give me a bit of advice here and there. And um, Mike King, amazing photographer. He um, done a lot in back in the World Cup in 1986 when Maradona done the hand, hand oh, of God. Hand of God he yeah. was, I'm not sure if he took the shot, but he, he, was, in, he was at that game. And so um, he's been around for a long time, a lot of experience, and he was good enough to uh, share some, you know, insights for me. And um, I actually got to meet him at Russell Square while we were waiting for the media transport. So I get there and literally it's rammed. So literally there's only a space at the side. I'm not sure if you have witnessed the volleyball, but they have bands playing and everything. It's a top, really? Yeah, it's, it's carnival. Crazy. It's a carnival atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And so yeah. there were people in Hawaiian shirts, you know, <laughs> and singing. It was brilliant. Awesome. But yeah, um, it's quite funny. Um, my phone went, I was about the second... Second half or quarter, whatever they call it, I don't know. My phone goes and I, I look at it and it's, um, it's the missus and she's like, <laughs> where are you? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm in London, you know I'm in London. She's like, yeah, I know you're in London. Where in London? I'm like, oh, okay. Something's up, yeah. I'm like, okay, horse guards prayed. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> oh. It's like, they know. Women's they? final beach volleyball, she said. Yes, yeah, so no, <clears throat> you've been on TV five times, you can wipe that smile off your face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, across and this is camera pointing straight at me so every time they went to the net there's me going <laughs> <laughs> little dribble on the chin oh, I love it I don't, I don't think I actually took any photographs uh, <laughs> you know, no but I, I, I was there working funny. so brilliant yeah. oh that's amazing well it was uh, yeah good experience at the Olympics <laughs> but like you say you're the being around Jake is like the diversity of shooting different sports. How do you cope? Your mindset must have to change because you know I've seen you take amazing photos of gymnastics, triathlon, um, you know whatever sports at, at um, the Olympics or Commonwealth Games. Yeah, it, it basically before you, if you get the nod to cover a major event like the Olympics or Commonwealth Games, it's always worthwhile putting the effort in before you go to actually research the sports. You know, just to get a little idea of what. I will look at mm. photographs I've been taken at previous Olympics is one one of the things I did. I just Googled images just to see what, what people was sh- shot. And um, some some sports like gymnastics, you know, um, 
I wanted to know how they'd done the different events because I, I wasn't aware of it at the time. Uh, but I, I know now, and I know they do like one discipline, and then they all go around and then do that discipline, and it's all done. So you can work your way around it and plan your shoot, especially recovering. Like, because when I was at the Olympics, I was working for Camera Sport, and so basically we had to just focus on anyone and everyone because they wanted stock images of many as mm. many athletes as we could get. Whereas for Team Wales, they weren't interested <laughs> in athletes from Jamaica or South Africa. They wanted just purely Team Wales. So I literally, you have to change the mindset on that little front as well. But when you cover the sports, it was, it's, it's difficult because like you, you're told where to go sometimes. The gymnastics is fair enough, you can walk around. Right, so you have to sit but in one place or something. It is frustrating as well because at the major events you get two types of photographers. You get basically, um, it's down to the bib colour. So if you see, if ever, ever you watch the Olympics, you'll see like either a, a grey or a cream vest and then you have dark blue vests. And what they are, the dark like Gettys and the AFPs, the big agencies. Right. So they got photographers like inside the ring area of the of the floor, and so they can walk around and they can get the best angles, the best shots, the best backgrounds. Because I remember having a conversation on the like the second day I done the gymnastics at London, and um, there was a picture of uh, one of the British athletes on the front of the t- Telegraph, and my boss rang me up and said, "Have you seen the picture on the front of the Telegraph?" And I was like, "No." So I was passing passing one of the little news kiosks, had a look, went, I rang him up, and said, "Yeah, I've seen the picture." And he's, he said, that's, what, that's the type of pictures I want. And I was like, well, you're not going to get them from me. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, because they're the inside. I can't. I'm on the outside. Yeah. So it is frustrating on that score because you can't get the best places because, you know. But at Team Wales, again, it was different because I was the team for, official photographer. I was in the same kit as the athletes. Mm. Not in Lycra. Sorry, Ross. Getting excited there. Um, but I was basically obviously in the team uniform and so basically when I went to the media officer for each venue they basically said you know all oh, your team Wales and so you can basically like boxing is a prime example of this because there's only usually like four positions ringside for photographers and so it's that's again held back for mm. the big agencies so because I was the team photographer if there was a position free I could go in so I managed to go right. I got a lot of images ringside of the I Welsh remember seeing boxes. you that's when I saw you on yeah, TV boxing. I was like it's yeah. cookie yeah so yeah so it does have its privileges and so I managed to get a lot of blue vests and obviously being Welsh if there was any Welsh athletes like in London when Jay Jones won yeah because literally that was the maddest dash I've had and most stressful time <laughs> in the Olympics was literally I, I stayed for Bolt's 100 meter final and it literally has he run past me because literally you're waiting six hours for a 10 second yeah. race it's crazy and everyone and everyone is there. And so literally, he ran past me. And as soon as he ran past me, I was Off. legging it up upstairs, getting you, on the media transport. You were doing <laughs> like, well, same bolts. <laughs> yeah, like I said, this is how you run 100 metres. Um, yeah, so basically then going across to uh, to the XL and managed to get, just in time, there was Jay Jones was just coming out, being walked out for the for the start of the of her fight and uh, managed to, to get there yeah, and there. get it. But because the uh, she won gold, obviously, and then when she um, had the medal ceremony, the blue babes were allowed to go right in front where they had the, the Olympic rings. Yeah. And then for us, they basically would bring them around. I spoke to the media officer and she realised I was Welsh. And she said, oh, you're Welsh. You're Welsh. I said, yeah, Jay Jones is Welsh. I need to get a picture of Jade with the Olympic rings. Otherwise, it means nothing. You know, and so she basically gave me a blue vest and allowed me to go and get nice. a shot of Jade. 
head on. So I had more time to get more shots. Whereas when they bring them round, you literally get about 30 seconds and then they're gone. Right, right. No, that's good. That's nice to be a bit of common sense there as well, isn't it? Yeah. There's also another image I've, I've seen of yours, and it's made a cover of um, magazines being published a bit. Tour de France winner. Oh, Garen Thomas. Garen Thomas. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So talk us through that, because it was a composite image as well, because you do athlete profiles yeah. a bit as well. Yeah, basically um, I was working for, at the time, I'm not sure if it was his PR um, agency, uh, a lady called um, Gail, and she basically uh, was in charge of all his press and PR work. And so he came to the athletes, um, to the velodrome in Newport after the, the 2012 Olympics to basically just show what his medal and inspire the kids, which is now named the Garrett Thomas Velodrome because they named it after him after he won the Tour de France. And so obviously I was there just to take some PR shots of that event. And so I did. And um, I had this idea of a composite shot. And so I basically filmed him, sort of shot him in the middle of the, of the velodrome. And then when, because obviously if you stand on the track when there's those bikes are going around, when they don't have brakes and they go <laughs> extremely fast, yeah, you know, and uh, I've seen some bad crashes over my, over the years I've, I've covered it. So I managed to get on the track then when there was no cycling and do, do all my HDR type of shots yeah. of the track and then basically married the two and then basically that was the one I used, you know. So yeah, they worked out quite well. Nice. A lot of work, a lot of Photoshop work. But having shot all these, when you did the 2012 Olympics, that was the first time you'd shot triathlon, wasn't it? Yes. So, and now you're actually into triathlon yourself. I am. Yeah, believe it or not, I'm a triathlete. <laughs> Who'd have thought that? Yeah. If we just said that about five, six years ago, I would have said, lay off the drugs. <laughs> Go and see some help. <laughs> but we shot the World Champs together in London. We did. We? Yeah, uh, well, that was where the, the 2012 Olympic triathlon was. It was. And then that's that was a bit nuts because... It just goes to show if you talk to people, you 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 know you can you can get advantages, and, and, and if you're nice to people, because you were the we were the only ones that had the boat. You were in the that's boat. It, I was right. I, at the swim start is chaotic at a triathlon, and you if you can get the best vantage point, normally most people on the pontoon line up waiting for the dive in. Mm. They had a boat in the water, media boat. Nice. Now everyone was worried about the pontoon, so I was like, Cookie, Cookie said, oh, I'll jump in the boat. You you go on the pontoon. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, yeah, that was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, it is, because obviously on the boat then they, they follow the, the the swim start. So basically you can get to follow the athletes around. So you're oh, getting close right, shots. So okay. Amazing. So where the, once you're on the pontoon, once, that, once they've all entered the water, yeah. that's it, you're pretty much done. Yeah. That, you know, it's over from mm. your point of view until the uh, swim they exit. Yeah. So obviously I was allowed to follow of the leaders, you know, so I've got the brownies and um, uh, I can't remember the other Spaniard. Is he Spaniard? Oh. I can't think Gomez, of sorry, Gomez, sorry. Gomez. Gomez. Uh, Brownlee's were, was mentioning that Gomez won that. No, he didn't. Yeah, uh, he did. Yes, he, yes, he did. He did, yeah. Um, but that, that was a hell, of, a hell of a race around there. And it was good because it was really good to watch the spectate and photograph. But mm. because he was in the boat, no one else had those images. So obviously there was um, a media interest yeah. in, in, mm. in that. Unique shots. Were, yeah. yeah. It was quite funny trying to get in the boat, mind. Yeah. And get out of the boat. Yeah, especially if it's a dinghy, yeah. <laughs> I've got photos of Cookie trying to get in a wetsuit somewhere, actually. Oh, don't you dare. Yeah, yeah I bet you have, Ross. I've yeah, seen those. surprise me. <laughs> Yeah, that was when Ross had this great idea to think, oh, wouldn't it be great to have some um, pictures of the long course swim act, swim entry? And yeah. so he said, oh, you're surfing, and you? And I was like, um, yeah. Right, how's your, got a wetsuit? No. Oh, yeah, I've, oh, great, here we go. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm a, I'm a different size to cook. It was a, was it kid's suit? <laughs> no, it felt it was, like a kid's yeah, suit. Yeah, it was a Japanese whaling feed off the coast of the time. It was, ready to harpoon me. 
So, yeah, it was a, yeah, an interesting one, that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, so what, what races you got coming up for, you, for yourself? For myself, um, I've signed up for half an Ironman in Stafford Fair in fact. June. So, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. You know, my, Cookie, my, what's, what's going on with I, you? I know. You're a different person. So, that, so that's 1.2 mile. 1.2 mile, mile swim. swim. Fifty-six oh. mile bike, yeah, fifty-six mile, and bike. then half a marathon, yeah, thirteen point two mile oh, bike. Do you, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, is it is it addictive? The, the obviously it must be for you to just turn it's, around. To, to it's very it. addictive, and yeah. it's because I stayed with Welsh Triathlon in Australia that basically got my mindset into thinking. That give you some inspiration. It always does, you yeah. know. Like when I watched Iron Man a couple of weeks ago down down here in Tembe, and um, that just blew my mind of the way. The atmosphere it is. It's yeah. just something I've never witnessed. Obviously, I've witnessed it at a long course. You know, long course is similar, but even Ironman, it's the level is raised again, and it's just, I was saying, oh, I want to do that. But i got to be realistic with myself, you know. Mm. He did a race a day before in Saundersfoot. There was a, a try on, a Saundersfoot try. I thought, brilliant, I'll go down and get some photos of Cookie. And because it was open road at the time, it was obviously live traffic. So it was lovely. Everyone's coming through in their bikes. The one time Cookie comes around on his bike, right behind the car, <laughs> I think that was drafting cookie. You yeah. got some nice pictures I'm of a car then. Leave me drafting. <laughs> I was drafting. Yeah, pulling out the backside. I think is the uh, is the term. <laughs> well, you finished, mate. Fair play. Uh, yeah, finished. So yeah, no, it's it's good. And um, certainly by doing the sport now, it, it makes me become uh, probably a better photographer. Yeah, in terms you understand. Of trying, I understand. Anticipate, yeah, sure. Yeah, and especially working with Ross over the years, we you know dirty green trainers doing yeah. all the triathlon stuff. So. I always like doing the um, the arty stuff. I, you know, mm. I'm I'm not. I don't think I'm a very good um, what they call it event photographer. Where you like mm. literally trying to get every athlete. You know, so I understand why you have to do that because yeah, that's sure. how you make your money. But uh, you're on the unique shots. Yeah, yeah. You know, the ones which basically sell the event for the for the forthcoming events for for them. You know, like that's what I like to do. All yeah. the motion blur stuff and you be creative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what that's that's what my yeah. thing likes. Yeah. But you know. You've got to do. You've got to take the rough of the smooth sometimes, haven't you? you know? True, true. Yeah, no fair play. It's. Um, I've had friends say to me, "Go on, go on, do an Ironman. It'll be great fun." I'm going. I've been on too many finish lines and see what happens to too many people's bodies when they finish. <laughs> even. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's, nice. It's. <laughs> I, well, it's a great mindset, and I take my hat off to you, mate. I mean, fair play. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think I could. I could do. Uh, never do say that. never. Who'd have thought? Well, that's true. Never say true. never. You never know what tomorrow's going to bring. Cookie. Just before we end this. Little question we always like to ask. Desert Island, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about spiders, buddy. <laughs> but what camera or setup you would have on that desert island? Desert Island. Well, I am known as the um, fisheye king because ah. I do like a fisheye shot. So I would probably have a G9, two G9s. One camera, one camera, one lens. One camera, one lens. Oh, okay. It'd probably be the 35 to 100 and the G9. Oh, so different then, not the fisheye. No, because no. if you're on a desert island, there's only so much shots you can take with a fisheye. True. You know, at least you've got a bit of zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the trying things different, you know. Yeah, good answer, mate. That's interesting, yeah. actually. Yeah, that's a good, good shout. So, Brilliant, Cookie. Mate, It's um, thank you for coming down no um, problem. to the Wild West mm-hmm. and entertaining our madness. <laughs> All the details for Ian Cook um, will be in the descriptions below. We'll get some images off Ian as well, and you'll be able to see some of his uh, shots we've been talking about. But until next time... Thanks very much. Cheers, Thank you. Thanks, buddy.